0: Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This episode is going to be chapter 5 of Numbers. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, and every one that hath an issue or any discharge, and whosoever is defiled by the dead. Or Details on the clean and unclean are in Leviticus chapters 12 through 15. Both male and female shall ye put out without the camp, Shall ye put them, that they defile not their camps, in the midst thereof I dwell? Whereof I dwell, And the children of Israel did so, and put them out without the camp. As the Lord spake unto Moses, so did the children of Israel. Those with leprosy or running sores were not allowed to march or camp with the rest of Israel. To be put out of the camp implied only a separation from the main body, not a total rejection or abandonment. A noted Bible scholar suggested why this isolation was required. The expulsion mentioned here was founded, one, on a pure physical reason, that is, the diseases were contagious, and therefore there was a necessity of putting those aff- afflicted by them apart that the infection might not be com- communicated. And two, there was also a spiritual reason, the camp was the, was the habitation of God, and nothing impure should be permitted to remain where he dwelled verse 5 and the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the children of israel when a man or woman shall commit any sin that men commit to do a trespass against the lord and that person be guilty then they shall confess their sin which they have done and he shall recompense his trespass with the principal thereof and add unto it the fifth part thereon thereof and give it unto him against whom he hath trespassed But if the man have no kinsman or redeemer to recompense the trespass unto, let the trespass be recompensed unto the Lord, even to the priest beside the ram of the atonement, whereby an atonement shall be made made for him. And every offering of all the holy things of the children of Israel, which they bring unto the priest, shall be his. And every man's hallowed thing Things shall be his. Whatsoever any man giveth the priest, it shall be his. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, when a woman is accused of adultery, here is the action to take, and a man lie with her carnally, and it be hid from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close or secret, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner, in other words, apprehended or caught in the act. And the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be defiled. Or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be not defiled. Then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest, and he shall bring her offering for her. The tenth part of an ephah of barley meal, he shall pour no oil upon it, nor put frankincense thereon. For it is an offering of jealousy, an offering of memorial, bringing iniquity to remembrance." And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. And the priest shall take holy water, consecrated water, i.e. for the use of purification, in an earthen vessel, and of the dust that is of the, that is in the floor of the tabernacle, the priest shall take and put it unto the, unto the water into the water. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head and put the offering of memorial in her hands, which is the jealousy offering. And the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that causeth the curse." And the priest shall charge her by an oath, and say unto the woman, If no man have lain with thee, and if thou hast not gone aside to uncleanness with another instead of thy husband, be thou free from this bitter water that causeth the curse. But if thou hast gone aside to another instead of thy husband, and if thou be defiled, and some man have lain with thee beside thine husband, then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of cursing, and the priest shall say unto the woman, The Lord Make thee a curse and an oath among thy people, when the Lord doth make thy thy thigh to rot, or diminish, or fall away, and thy belly to swell. And this water that causeth the curse shall go into thy bowels, to make thy belly to swell, and thy thigh to rot, and the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. And the priest shall write these curses in a book, and he shall blot them out with the bitter water. And he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water that causeth the curse, and the water that causeth the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. Then the priest shall take the jealousy offering out of the woman's hand, and shall wave the offering before the Lord, and offer it upon the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the offering, even the memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar, and afterwards shall cause the woman to drink the water." And when he hath made her to drink the water, then it shall come to pass that if she be defiled and have done trespass against her husband, that the water that causeth the curse shall enter into her and become bitter and her belly shall swell and her thigh shall rot and the woman shall be a curse among her people. And if the woman be not defiled but be clean, then she shall be free and shall conceive seed. This is the law of jealousies. When a wife goeth aside to another instead of her husband, and is defiled, or when the spirit of jealousy cometh upon him, and he be jealous over his wife, and shall set the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall execute upon her all this law, then this then shall the man be guiltless from iniquity, and this woman shall bear her iniquity. This law for determining the guilt or innocence of an adulterer is puzzling in many respects. At first, it seems heavily biased against the woman, for there is no similar requirement for the man. A close examination of the law will show what was involved in it and why the Lord revealed it. The rabbins who have commented on this text gave us... Give us the following information. When any man prompted by the spirit of jealousy suspected his wife to have committed adultery, he brought her first before the judges and accused her of the crime, but as she asserted her innocency and refused to acknowledge her guilt herself guilty, and as he had no witnesses to produce, he required that she be sentenced to drink the waters of bitterness which the law had appointed, that God by this means might discover what she wished to conceal. After the judges had heard the accusation and the denial, the man and his wife were both sent to Jerusalem to appear before the Sanhedrin, who were the sole judges in such matters. The rabbins say that the judges of the Sanhedrin at first endeavored with threatenings to confound the woman and cause her to confess her crime when she still persisted in her innocence. She was led to the eastern gate of the court of Israel where she was stripped of the cloth- of the cloths she wore and dressed in black before a number of persons of her own sex. The priest then told her that if she knew herself to be innocent, she had no evil to apprehend. But if she were guilty, she might expect to suffer all that the Lord threatened, to which she answered, Amen, Amen. The priest then wrote the words of the law upon a piece of vellum with ink that had no vitriol in it, that it might be the more easily blotted out. The words written on the vellum were, according to the rabbins, the following, If a strange man have not come near thee, and thou art not polluted by forsaking the bed of thy husband, these bitter waters, which I have cursed, will not hurt thee. But if thou have gone astray from thy husband, and have polluted thyself by coming near to another man, may thou be accursed of the Lord, and become an example for for all his people. May thy thigh rot, and thy belly swell till it burst. May these cursed waters enter into thy belly, and being swelled therewith, may may thy thigh putrefy. After this, the priest took a new pitcher, filled it with water out of the basin, or the brazen basin that was near the altar of burnt offering, cast some dust into it, taken from the pavement of the temple, mingled something bitter as wormwood with it, and having read the curses above mentioned to the woman, and received her answer of Amen, he scraped off the curses from the vellum into the pitcher of water. During this time, another priest tore her clothes as low as her bosom, made her head bare, untied the tresses of her hair, fastened her clothes, her torn clothes with a girdle about her breasts, and presented her with the tenth part of an ephah, or about 10 pint or about 3 pints of barley meal which was in a frying pan without oil or incense the other priest who had prepared the waters of jealousy then gave them to her to be drank by the accused person and as soon as she had swallowed them he put the pan with the meal in it uh, into her hand this was waved before the lord and a part of it thrown into the fire of the altar if the woman was innocent she returned with her husband and the waters instead of in Incommoding her made her more healthy and fruitful than ever. If, on the, on the contrary, she, would, she were guilty, she was seen immediately to grow pale, her eyes started out of her head, and lest the temple should be defiled with her death, she was carried out and died instantly with all the ignominious circumstances related in the curses. Several points should be noted. One, although this ritual focused on the woman, it in no way implied that men were, who committed adultery were to be excused, for the law clearly stated that adulterers of both sexes were to be stoned. Two, in a way, the law provided protection to, of different of two different kinds of, for a woman. First, without this law, it is possible that a husband could unjustly accuse his wife of infidelity, If his word alone were sufficient to convict her, she would be in a terrible state indeed. Putting the determination of guilt or innocence into the hands of God rather than into the hands of her husband or even other men ensured that she could vindicate herself if she were innocent. The second positive benefit is more subtle but probably is of of even greater value. If a husband suspected his wife of adultery, one result would be a terrible strain in the the husband-wife relationship. In today's legal system, with no witnesses to prove her guilt, the court would probably declare her not guilty, but the basis for her acquittal would be a lack of positive evidence of her guilt rather than proof of her innocence. Such a legal declaration, therefore, would do little to alleviate the doubts of the husband, and the estrangement would likely continue. Neighbors and friends also would probably harbor lingering suspicions about her innocence, with the trial of jealousy, however, dramatic proof of God's declaration of her innocence would be irrefutable. The reputation of the woman would be saved and a marriage relationship healed. Thus, true justice and mercy were assured and the whole matter would be laid promptly to rest. Those who asked why there was no parallel test a woman could ask of her husband, should remember that if the accused woman refused to undergo the trial by drinking the water, her action was considered a confession of guilt. Thus, she and her partner in the evil act would be put to death. If she attempted to lie and pass the test, but brought the curses upon herself, this result, too, was considered proof of the guilt of her male partner. It is possible that a wife who believed her husband guilty of infidelity could ask that his suspected partner be put to the trial of jealousy. The outcome would immediately establish the guilt or innocence of her husband as well as that of the other woman. Thus, in a world where the rights of women were often abused, the Lord provided a means for protecting their rights as well as seeing that evil was put away and justice done. And so that's the end of chapter 5. And uh, I hope that that explanation makes a little bit more clear as to what they're doing here. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Talk to you later. Bye.